faithwire.com. NBA players who haven't been vaccinated could become criminals soon. Today's Thursday, October 7th, 2021. I'm Dan Andros. We'll have that top story and more on today's 4 and 3 podcast from CBN's Faithwire. Four big stories, three things you need to know about them, all from a Christian perspective. That's what we do here. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. We're here every day, Monday through Friday. We'd love to have you join us. And joining me today, as always, is Trey Gones Phillips from faithwire.com with a look at what's coming up. What's going on, Trey? Hey, Dan. Happy Thursday. So uh, we're going to be talking about Fox News's chief religion correspondent is explaining why the or what the mainstream media gets wrong uh, in how they report on Christianity. Uh, Urban Meyer's wife has responded to an embarrassing viral video with like a bit of a faith message. Uh, and then uh, there's uh, was a school shooting in Texas yesterday, unfortunately. But one of the gunman's classmates, really in a powerful, powerful video, led the community uh, in prayer last night for the shooter. Yeah, yeah, that was something else. And uh, also, I think I just saw a video on the internet uh, just breaking a few minutes before we started rolling here of the alleged shooter there, and he's been out on bail, which is kind of crazy. Hmm. Um, after wow. shooting a teacher and students, it's pretty wild. So we'll start here. That was story number one. The NBA's popularity could actually cause some of the unvaccinated players in the league to become criminals this year if they remain unvaccinated. Here's Three things you need to know, starting with number one, the details. Well, the NBA has expanded over the years, and one of those franchises is in Toronto, Canada. And because NBA teams, most of them all will play at some point in the season in Toronto, and it's much more strict there on COVID, they could end up with some serious legal issues. So here's the report. Unvaccinated NBA players could face up to six months in jail and a fine of $750,000 if they violate the country's quarantine rules. Uh, Sports writer uh, Sham Sterania reported that the unvaccinated NBA players on teams playing uh, against the Raptors may find themselves in that trouble, um, saying that NBA players were informed of this. And uh, if they breach that quarantine that I guess Toronto's still got in place, they could face that criminal offense. Uh, They're only able to leave their hotel for team activities. And per Canada's Quarantine Act, violations could lead up to to up to six months in prison and or that $750,000 fine. So number two here, um, most of the NBA teams apparently have, I mean, at least by the numbers, one person per team unvaccinated. Uh, there's about 600 players in the league right now uh, in, in the different training camps throughout the league. And that'll be closer to 500 when the regular season begins on October 19th because rosters get trimmed. Some guys don't make the team, etc. Um, so it, 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 with the 95% figure being vaccinated, that means they got about one player per team. Uh, so this could be almost one player in a team could become a criminal by the end of the year. If they don't get vaccinated. So why does it matter here? Number three, well, as we've talked about on this podcast, Trey, over and over again, um, we're just becoming so segregated and people are now being forced to make decisions. Uh, You know, obviously in Canada, there's legal ramifications, but in America, what's happening is more what we worried about with the government not doing a federal mandate, but kind of encouraging all these corporations to make their employees do it. They have provided the backing and the support so that companies could do this so we're essentially taking this choice away we're just doing it seems to be that 
Canada, America are just doing what they can to just not make it a choice. Yeah, I think that's true. I think it, it does seem like uh, whether it's government push or just like a cultural push or corporate push, like it's coming from several different directions, but the objective seems to be to make it where you don't really have an option. Yeah. Uh, because I've seen several stories of people just kind of uh, being opposed to it and then kind of falling back and just doing it anyway, because they felt like their hands are tied behind their back. Yeah, um, And it's just unfortunate because you know, there's plenty of research and plenty of information and, and like anecdotal data to show that the vaccine is safe and effective and helpful. Um, but even still, uh, it's injecting you with, with something that's relatively new. I mean, it's obviously going right into your body. Um, and that should just be a decision that's fundamentally up to the person that the shot is going into. Uh, so, you know, it's just we, we're in a precarious situation. It's unfortunate that it's unfolded the way that it has um, particularly when the mandates, at least the the other you know, strong mandates here in the U.S., didn't really seem to be put into place until they kind of weren't needed anymore because yeah. over half of the population was already vaccinated. Yeah. Um, so uh, you know it's it's unfortunate, but I think we're going to see more people, uh, like we've seen several NBA players and then obviously others. I think we're just going to end up seeing more people coming out of the woodwork and probably from from more demographics than we yeah. might think. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. I think uh, it's bound to happen, but uh, unfortunately, we just keep becoming more and more divided on this issue, and it seems to be yeah. a lot about politics, too. Yeah, for sure. All right, story number two. Uh, so there are so few in the media landscape who really kind of seem to understand <laughs> religion, uh, and particularly Christianity, uh, which is why Fox News's Lauren Green was so quick during our conversation this week. to She acknowledged that there is absolutely uh, a giant bias uh, against faith, uh, you know, among many in the mainstream media, particularly, like I said, when it comes to Christianity. So here are three things you need to know. We'll start with the details at number one. So uh, this week, Fox News is celebrating its 25th anniversary. So we talked to Lauren about her work as a religion correspondent for the network uh, and how she as a Christian wants to make sure that her reporting is different from a lot of people uh, in the news. So in the Western world, there's obviously, you know, we have this push toward pluralism and kind of coexisting. We always remember like, girl, I don't see them as much now, but growing up, I always saw the coexist stickers uh, on the backs of cars, yeah. uh, which seemed to kind of suggest like all oh, religions are the same, and, uh, you know, right. that, that, that they all are, are essentially leading you down the same, you know, to the same destination, just different paths. Uh, and many reporters, Green said, operate from that premise, which she said is a false premise. Uh, this is what she told us. She said, that is absolutely not theologically true, uh, that not all religions are equal. She's a Christian. Uh, she said, for anybody that actually believes in their faith, and I don't care if you're Christian or Muslim or Jewish, Buddhist, whatever, uh, you believe that your faith is the truth. Uh, so they can't all be equal. Uh, she said, one of the big mistakes mainstream media makes is that they don't understand the nature of most religions and they're trying to project a secular humanist understanding of religions, which is that all religions are basically the same, uh, which again, she said, is just, you know, is fundamentally untrue and does not go with, with any religion. You know, religion says that all the other ones are also true. Um, so number two, we talked about her personal story as well uh, in our interview, which is, is up on our social channels and on faithwire.com at YouTube. Um, she actually believed that she was going to be a concert pianist uh, that was what she was studying to do. She was studying music in college. Uh, and that's where she found out that she actually really enjoyed 
theology uh, when she took courses on church history, which obviously, you know, there's a lot of religion in that. And she, she just had an affinity for it. Um, she said she grew up in a Christian home uh, and has always taken her faith really seriously. But she said she's fascinated by asking questions and looking for answers uh, to a lot of the difficult, you know, theological questions we face. And one thing that she said that really struck me is uh, she said that as a believer, uh, she knows that there is no question that you could ask that would destroy God. Uh, so as Christians, we should feel comfortable to explore these things and ask questions and, and, and try to figure out what it is we believe, uh, because God's big enough to handle it, uh, is, is kind of what she was saying. So number three, why does it matter? So it was a fascinating uh, conversation. Um, we also talked about the problem of pain, which is obviously a, a big one yeah. uh, that a lot of people struggle with. And particularly right now, Dan, I think with COVID, it's just something that's been on a lot of people's minds with, with Afghanistan and, and everything that happened there. Uh, and then just natural disasters. It, it just always seems to be something that uh, is on people's minds. Uh, and she said in her conversations, that's been the thing that keeps so many people from faith is they can't reconcile pain and, and suffering with a good God. But she said, the answers are all there. You just have to be willing to ask the questions. So it's, it's cool to see someone like her, yeah. someone who's not only excellent at what they do, but is a believer uh, in, in journalism. Yeah. And she seems to have a good uh, handle on it. And, and that is a frustrating you know, thing that, uh, that people get hung up on. It's understandable, but also yeah. frustrating because the, the, you know, aside from trying to explain it and, and having, putting your, your back against the wall as a Christian, well, turn it around. Well, what's the alternative? All of this is just yeah. meaningless. And then it right. really makes no sense. You know, yeah, yeah, it is hard to understand how, you know, pain can be allowed. But I mean, you know, Matt Chandler said it well one time. He was talking about how his daughter had a, when she was little, had a, I don't know, some some kind of, some kind of injury. Something was sort of like punctured on her leg. You know, something was stuck in there. But they had to pull it out before they could clean it up and make it better. And she didn't, she was too little. She didn't understand. Well, why are you going to hurt me? You know? And so it was, it was a good, I thought analogy of, you know, that little child didn't understand why you had to pull the thing out to, you know, gash the wound and get everything out of there. That really hurt. So yeah. she, but she didn't understand it. Now, of course, as a parent, he understood that you got to get the stuff out of there. You got to clean it up so it doesn't get infected, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I, I kind of, view it similarly with God is that, yeah, there are some things that we're going to go through. We're not promised peace and happiness and security all day long yeah. here in our time on earth, but uh, that ultimately there is a plan for it and we just can't, mm -hmm. we don't, we're not able to see it in our kind of finite state here. So I always like that yeah. explanation. Well, and too, I think you know, God gives us the blessing of freedom, uh, the blessing of autonomy, and the 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 flip side of that is that we live in a broken world that's fallen. Yeah, uh, that's you know that's got sin in it, uh, and bad things are just going to happen uh, because we live in in a fractured world. It's not the perfect design that God created it to be. Obviously, Jesus is coming back, uh, and He's going to restore all of it back to perfect order uh, in in His time, um, but. You know, that doesn't mean that God isn't good in the meantime, right? Like yeah. God is still sovereign. Scripture says that he works all things together for the good of those who love him. Um, and, you know, no good thing does he withhold from those who do what's right. Uh, so, you know, we know that God is still on the throne as sovereign and, and, and only wants good for us and only wants glory for himself. But in this temporary home, uh, in this space where Satan is the prince and power of the air, uh, that doesn't mean that bad things aren't going to happen. I think we can have both things and, and both can coexist together uh, right now. Yeah, 100% uh, agree. 
All right, let's uh, let's head into story number three here. Uh, speaking speaking of a fallen world uh, here, Trey Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> head coach Urban Meyer's wife has spoken out following a massive response to really an embarrassing viral video. Not not going viral uh, the way you want to. Here are three things you need to know. Starting with number one, the details. Urban Meyer, head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, did go viral. Like I said, for the wrong reasons. After video surfaced of him at a bar with a young woman who was not his wife, and they were, she was sort of dancing provocatively around him while another video appeared to show him groping the same woman. And so Meyer has coached a, a few famous Christians, Tim Tebow in college, now Trevor Lawrence, who's a rookie quarterback. He himself has been open about his faith in the past. You know, a few years ago while he was still coaching in college, he said after a game, talking about scripture and anxiety and how it was something that he struggled with so he had a hard time doing that Uh, and he said the amount of hours i have spent in prayer trying to overcome like a lot of us i have thorns and like it says in in, uh, second corinthians please remove the thorns from my side and god said my grace is sufficient for you so paraphrasing that there uh, from corinthians but now his wife is speaking out because this video went viral and people were criticizing the coach um, about his his actions, the owner of the Jaguars came out and said it was inexcusable. Um, these his behavior, and, and so his wife said this is what she posted. She posted a a picture with her notes on Twitter and said she was going to delete it right after, so she wouldn't read all the responses. She said, "We all make mistakes. We are all sinners. If you think you aren't, then cast the first stone." To my wonderful followers and friends, thank you for your love, support, friendship, and laughs. I will miss this the most. I love you all and wish God's blessings on you. Thank you. Hashtag it faith, family, football, and flamingos, I guess, because she's in Florida. And she wrote, (laughs) P.S. I'll be deleting right as I post this, so I'll not see responses. Much love. So um, so that was her post there. Basically, the, the he who is without sin go ahead and cast the first stone. So that was her response. So number two here, you know, as Christians, we're called to a higher standard. Are we going to meet that standard? No, of course, of course not. But we do have to be aware. When I watched this video, Trey, I, I thought about the little things that we that we could let slip into our lives that we allow. Yeah, that's not a big deal. And I can't help but imagine, you know, when I saw this video, and it was in the middle of, everyone was around. I mean, it wasn't like this was... Not, you know, this is some secret thing that he thought he was going to get away with. It was right out in the middle of everything. Um, so my thought is you don't get to that point unless you got other things going on that you've been allowing and doing mm-hmm. in the meantime. Uh, you wouldn't even entertain something like that. Um, so so my thought was just that immediate, you know, you can't let little things creep in and, and allow yourself to rationalize certain things because it's just going to lead to more. So, no, yeah. so number three, why does it matter? I mean, it matters because our witness as Christians matter, Trey. We don't. I mean, everyone's going to make mistakes. I'm not here to beat up on Urban Meyer and, and his mistake. I mean, I think his wife is right. He who's without sin, you know, go ahead and. I mean, all these sinless patron saints on Twitter, right, <laughs> who've never done anything wrong. But I think the problem here is that when you're a public figure like that, and we all are to some extent, we just have smaller spheres of influence. Our Christian witness matters, and, we, and we've got to be vigilant to not let those things creep in. And and also for friends, too. I would imagine someone in his position of influence, where he's where he's a high-profile position, you got to have people around you that are willing to call you out 
and, yeah. and, and if there are, are other behaviors going on, call you got to have people there willing to call call you know you out uh, on stuff, fellow Christians. If we see someone else slipping up, and, and so obviously that's speculation there on you know exactly what's going on behind the doors. But I think the general principle is important to look at because um, you know this can happen to any of us. This kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just is a good reminder of why scripture says to even throw off the appearance of sin. Yeah. Uh, you know, not necessarily just sin, but anything that makes it look like you could potentially be putting yourself in a, uh, in the wrong situation yeah. where you're prone to sin or someone might interpret it as sin. Uh, because we, I kind of see it as like a ripple, like when you, you drop something into the water uh, and then it ripples out because, or it's like an onion, you know, when you peel back the layers, not only is he responsible for himself and for his own personal choices, uh, but the ramifications are felt by his wife, by his kids, by his friends, by the people he coaches, uh, and by anybody who sees him on social media. So again, I'm not, like you said, I'm not piling on Urban Meyer. I'm just saying it's a good reminder for any of us uh, that uh, the sin that we do, uh, the good things that we do, all of our actions, uh, to include our thoughts, uh, don't happen in a vacuum, right? Everything impacts somebody else. Uh, obviously, first and foremost, it impacts God and how other per- others perceive God through us. Um, but it, it impacts the people that we love uh, in good and bad ways. So we just need to be discerning in the things that we say, the actions we take, and the situations we put ourselves in, because you truly never know who's looking and and who might you know who you might influence yeah. by by what you say and do. Yeah, hundred percent. So, all right, story number four. So just hours after tragedy struck, one 15-year-old student from Arlington, Texas, joined her community in prayer, not just for the four people who were injured by a gunman who opened fire on her school Wednesday, uh, but also for the shooter himself. Uh, So here are three things you need to know. We'll start number one with the details. So Arlington residents, students, and church members uh, at Cornerstone Baptist Church in Arlington came together Wednesday night, only hours after shots rang out in Timberview High School uh, in the Mansfield School District. The suspected gunman is an 18-year-old student. He was taken into custody by police after he began firing shots in the classroom. Uh, His name's Timothy Simpkins. He turned himself in with his attorney yesterday afternoon. And Kevin Colby, the assistant chief of the Arlington Police, he said that a 15-year-old male and a 25-year-old male, later identified as an English teacher, uh, were shot. Uh, another female student was grazed by a bullet, and then a pregnant woman uh, who was at the school fell and sustained minor injuries, but she declined treatment, said she was okay. Uh, police said the 15-year-old student underwent surgery Wednesday and was in critical condition at the last update. Uh, the other two patients are recovering well at the hospital and are expected to be discharged. Uh, soon. So last night there was a prayer service at Cornerstone, uh, and here's the powerful prayer that one of the gunman's classmates, Ashlyn Henson, prayed. Come on, I just want to pray. I want to pray for the shooter, Lord God, that you touch his mind, that you touch his heart, Jesus. That you allow him to see his wrong in you, Lord God. Allow him to feel that remorse and that pain he caused. Number two, the church's youth pastor, Al Curley, he offered the community a message explaining the sin in the world. 
uh, we were talking about this just a few minutes ago, that, you know, the bad things that happen, uh, happen because of that brokenness, uh, but that Jesus is the answer to all of it and that they can find comfort in Christ. And here's what he told the congregation. I want you to know that whatever it is that you're feeling, however interesting it may feel, however wrong it may feel when tragedy strikes, it is important, friends, for you and I to realize that even though we might be feeling what we feel, there's a place that we can go. There's a God that we can run to. What do we do when tragedy strikes? The Bible tells us to rejoice with those who rejoice and to mourn with those who mourn. As Christians, we know that sin is the cause of why many things happen. And we know the answer to that problem is Jesus. I mean, just uh, I was listening to more of what the pastor had to say and just seems like a really solid minister. He had such a good message. You can go over to faithwire.com or to our YouTube uh, channel and you can watch more of what he had to say. Uh, so number three here, why does it matter? One, just what an incredible testimony from that young woman, uh, that's, that student, Ashlyn. Uh, it's just, it's really cool to hear her comments to her, her prayer. And she also said to, to people in the community, just go home and tell the people you love that you love them uh, and hug them because you never know, you know, life is fragile. You never know what could happen and when, when you know, it might be your last day. Uh, so just to tell the people you care about how much you care about them uh, and to, you know, to live each day as cliche as it sounds, uh, like it could be your last. Yeah. Um, so, but just, you know, I know our audience is definitely a praying audience, so please be in prayer for the Arlington School community and, of course, for a swift recovery for those who are who are still in the hospital getting better. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I, I just really appreciated her sincerity in the prayer. I mean, you could almost feel um, yeah. just her sorrow for this lost soul, right? And and we need more of that. We need more of that in the, in the country today. So um, I definitely, I for one appreciated her her prayer uh, for that reason and for more, but um, uh, obviously a, a tough situation all the way around. And um, yeah, it's it's not guns. It's not any of the physical weapons people use when they assault that are the problem. It is that sin problem mm-hmm. inside of us. As she said, you know, touch his heart, God, change his heart. And that's the only way yeah. that these problems really are going to get solved. So, all right, that is all the time we have for today. Um, we're appreciative that you're here. As always, head on over to faithwire.com and cbnnews.com for more. God bless. We'll see you tomorrow.